0: Second down with Christian Gokel. Sponsored by The Uniform Source. Coastal leader for all your uniform needs on ESPN Radio.
1: Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by The Uniform Source. Christian Gokel, alongside Cam Urshry and PJ Zuko. Glad to have y'all hanging out here with us on this Wednesday afternoon. It's going to be back. It's been a minute. Been covered up with postseason baseball. Been covered up by the Braves advancing to their second consecutive NLCS. So we have so much to dive into on the show today. And again, I don't, I don't know. I have a lot going on right now. PJ and Cam are yelling at me. I mean, PJ, what's going on, man? I don't know. A song. Oh. There's a lot going on.
2: There's
1: there's a lot going
2: on. There's like I. I mean, I'm I'm trying to set one thing up, and I, I like, I tried to, I tried to motion in a certain way so that, I I could just you know stay off and, and uh, set both things up, but then uh, other other people, yeah, I, I don't know, things things are crazy right now, but hey, things are crazy in life and in sports as well, right? Uh, I mean, in a in a good way, in a lot of ways though, for Georgia teams right whether it be football baseball all right that was literally like, the
1: worst coverage i've ever heard in my life People Yeah, like no, there's a lot of good be. things like no, no, they're not the braves
2: got the you know bulldogs number one like Georgia's, know, the, georgia sports the, the only team in the right position in the ap polls is georgia at number one you
1: shut your mouth
2: um Right now, yeah, the Falcons won a game, right? Didn't they win this weekend? Holy cow.
1: No, it was like a, a perfect sports weekend, I think, yeah, for, that's for Georgia sports. But I, I, I don't know where we start because we've been off for two days because of postseason baseball. Not how we just started, I know that much. That was rough. Well, let's be honest. What happened is the bigwigs over at 3-and-out had this special interview they had to do. Well, I was trying to do an interview in here. And so they come in, and st- steal still one of our microphones. And then all of a sudden, we start the show, and we're like, where's that third microphone? And poor Cam's just sitting there with, with no mouthpiece, no nothing. And so we have to run it. Well, that, like,
2: then, like, we had a miscommunication. Because, <laughs> like, I was already grabbing my la- the, the, the laptop to try and hook up the stream. So like you you're guys still were, not in. You guys, you guys were like, yeah, still not in. You guys were like, he doesn't have a mic. So I was like, all right, all right, I'm already not on. No, nope. let me swing this mic around and I'll get your mic. And then everyone like walked it. Like Cam walked out of the room. I was like,
1: <laughs> out of the what? Like, he walked out of the what?
2: Out of the room, as you guys like to say, the room, whatever.
1: It's, it's literally pronounced room.
2: So then it's just like, all right, we're all like, trying like to say something. Like like
1: PJ, PJ, if a car's going really fast. What? If a car is going really fast, it's it's zoom, right? It's, like it's, it's zooming. Yeah, it's, zooming, it's zooming, zooming, right? Yeah, room, right. Like zoom. if if, uh, if if Gus Malzahn's room. offense, if Sorry, Gus Malzahn's no, if Gus Malzahn's offense scores a touchdown, he says, "Boom," right? Right. Those are very yeah. easy for me to say. Where where yeah. does your bed exist? Like where does your bed exist in your? In my bedroom.
3: <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, bedroom. That's in my, true. In my bedroom. bedroom.
2: It is in my room. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm not gonna try. I'm not. I am me. All Did right? you say roof as well? That's, that's all I can do. I don't think roof. Uh, not roof. I. I like. See, now you got me like thinking about it. Uh, the guy went up on the roof. On the roof. On the. <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the roof. He yeah. He climbed up on the roof.
3: On the roof. Roof. <laughs> climbed okay. up on the roof you learn something to do every day that's your lingo huh
2: listen i got roof. a lot of
1: things room. i say is weird it, is it do you pro- is it room is that how you say it room room <laughs> it's like you're trying to speed through R- it rum rum <laughs> everyone yeah. says i
2: say rum but it's like it's not even it's like a combination of the two i so guess so when your
1: parents yelled at you it was like go to your room go to your room
2: <laughs> <laughs> i see it like people juggle, and i'm like that's just normal nah, to me man. people say i say uh people say i say uh a milk weird as well milk cuz i don't it say like, a lot of people... Milk. Uh, milk, milk. 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 Yeah, it's milk. Milk. it's milk. milk. I don't say milk. Milk. It's just milk.
1: Milk. <laughs> milk. I don't know what a milk is.
2: Oh, man. Anyway. There's a lot of a lot of crazy things. I don't know. I'm weird. It is what it is.
1: I don't know if you're weird or just the accent is. Yeah. Because you're not the only person I know that pronounces it that way.
2: Well, that's the strange thing, I think, right? Is, like, I spent 12 years in pennsylvania and ever since then in georgia it's
1: a very unique accent you have a yeah. you have a like south georgia pennsylvania accent i don't know how many people have that
0: and very then like odd.
1: the in like a critical port like portion of your life right like you're a, dev- a developmental phase in your life you went from pennsylvania yeah. to south georgia
2: <laughs> right yeah, I mean, and then you get me. So, in a lot love of different you. ways, that's that's the reason why, and we
1: and we, and we love you. Um, so, I uh, know I'll, I'll put it out there again. What do you guys want to talk about? Is is it because we have Jake Roos coming up? We're talking about the Georgia quarterback situation because it looks like it's going to be Stetson Bennett again this weekend as Georgia takes on right. Kentucky in Athens game day back in Athens. But again, okay, we've been off for two days, so we didn't really have a chance to react to what was the best weekend of college football that we've had all year and maybe in a past few years. Yeah. But also, we have the Braves advancing to the NLCS for the second consecutive year. I think we should talk about the Braves, man. They deserve credit. They, I, I think
3: they really do. They've overachieved, like I, I tweeted. Yes, they've overachieved like hell. It's crazy.
1: I do think it's fascinating. because I think it's a sports thing that you really ran into in this series, which is you don't want to peak slash clinch too soon. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's what happened to the Brewers is mm-hmm. they were kind of, I don't want to say they ran away with that division, but they had a good significant lead in that division and then didn't do a whole lot at the all-star break. Because they were like, we got our three main pitchers. We have some we have some really strong bats. Christian Yelich has been really good for us. Uh, Kane's been really good for us. We have, we have our team. We don't need to add too much, right? And then you get down to the end of the season and they clinched fairly early. They were one of the first teams to clinch their division. Whereas you have the Braves who are scratching and clawing and holding off the Phillies all the way to the very end. You have all the injuries where – I mean, think about the beginning of the season. You couldn't get above 500. Mm -hmm. Then Ronald Acuna gets hurt, and he was the one who was carrying you to that while Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley and everyone else was struggling. And then once Ronald Acuna gets hurt and you just kind of limp to the all-star break – And then Alex Anthopoulos goes to work and gets you all these bats. And then Austin Riley comes alive. Freddie Freeman gets back to MVP form. Uh, Jorge Soler's been awesome. Jock Peterson was a great addition, right? You just – you see it start coming together. And so this is a team that's been on the right trajectory. I think that's exactly what happened is the Brewers thought they could flip a switch when they got into the playoffs. They're like, it's the Braves. They don't have Ronald Acuna. I mean – they have like yeah. i think the Braves have yeah they they very clearly have the worst record of any division winner in right. baseball <laughs> which is what's funny is if the Dodgers end up beating the Giants tonight the Braves would have home field advantage over a team that won 100 plus games in the regular season because the Dodgers didn't win their division insane so which i'm praying that San Francisco wins because so I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, no, you want revenge. I don't want any part of the dodge. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't want that smoke. Like, I think most Georgia fans, if you ask them honestly, God, because everyone's like, you want to play the best. Like to be the best, you got to beat the best, and Georgia, Georgia's got to beat Alabama in the SEC championship, right? You got no, hell no. You're, you're the
2: easiest <laughs> path you can. Yeah, yeah. you're wanting.
1: Yeah. You want. You want. If you're a Georgia fan, you want like Mississippi State or Tennessee or Bo Nix and Auburn to just get Alabama one more time. That's true. Just get them one more time, and just like ah, oh, so you, you don't have to worry about it. And it's like if you're holding up the national championship trophy at the end of the season, everyone's like, yeah, but you didn't play. Bam, you're like, cool, that's cool, dude. Whatever. No one cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. one cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. When nobody Bama was cares.
3: injured, when they when LSU won, yeah, you can nobody just scream cared. it from the roof. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, Scream it from the rooftops. But, but
3: I will go to your point yeah. about the Braves and uh, Giants. like they
1: they are they are the battle tested. Like they've been in the playoffs for two months, and they're. And, and the Braves
3: and yeah. Giants, they're 3-3. Three three. Uh, they went 3-3 three and three, uh, against each yeah. other this year. So they split it. That so. was kind of,
1: that was kind of a, a moment during the season where people were like, all right, this is where we can see if the Braves are actually legit. Because the Braves had gotten to like 10 games above five hundred at that point. Mm-hmm. And were playing well. And then it's like, all right, let's see if they're legit. Yeah. And they played the Giants. And I think they beat them in one of the series. Yep. I think it was uh, they, you, they took two out of three in one. And then the, the Giants took two out of three in the other one.
3: I think it's just a better matchup. You don't want to see the Dodgers. That's a lot of firepower over there. Especially we all learned that last of year, being yeah. up three one. So, I think the, I think you want to see the Giants. You rooting for the Giants. But I mean, if the Dodgers how, uh, win,
1: how cool was that post game? I thought there was a cool different, a few different cool moments. Like number one, I love the aggressiveness from Snit throwing Charlie Morton out there again on short rest, and mm-hmm. he wasn't the same as he was in game one, and he wasn't going to be off that short rest. But you could tell he's like, I want to go for this. Yep. Because if we do that, then we have this rest, and we don't play again until Saturday, right? I want to go for this. I don't want to leave it to a single game. Let's let's go win this. And you, he goes out there for four innings, gives up two runs. But, I mean, two innings of Charlie Morton's good, and you're just giving up two runs, fine, whatever. Waskar, I know he got roughed up a little bit, but then the bullpen comes in and slams the door at the end. So I thought the managing from Snit was awesome. And, again, he was emptying the barrel, like he, or emptying the clip, whatever you want to call it, in this game because – he was putting pinch hitters in, and he was mm-hmm. like, his bench was getting precipitously close to having to like pinch hit Max Freed, yeah. which isn't a terrible option. The dude's got a great batting average. But sure. uh, it was fascinating to watch Schnitt just send it. And he was like, we want to win this game. And he probably would have had to pitch Max Freed on short rest if you lose that game. But right. he, he wanted to win that game. And so he sent it, and then who comes up clutch in the bottom of the eighth? Freddie Freeman jumps on the first pitch, launches it to left field off the best closer, quote unquote, in baseball, in Josh Hader. Yeah. Even though if you go look at Will Smith's stats over the last nine games or last nine save opportunities, I'll never admit to that. I have a theory about that. I put this on yeah. Twitter. I have a theory about that. I think people hate Will Smith so much, and I'll say hate. Because like the vitriol I see on Twitter is hilarious <laughs> when it comes to Will Smith. Yeah. Is I think it's because, not the results, but because of the viewing experience. <laughs> yeah. The balls come off people's bats so hard yeah. when Will Smith is in games. I think it was game two of the series where he comes in to close it out. Might have been game three. Game three. He comes in to close it out, and you're like, oh, God. And he comes in, and it's runners-on. And then it's just a ripped ball at people, ripped ball at people, ripped ball at people. That's just It is what it is. They're going to hit the ball, and it's going to get hit really hard, but it's right at people. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. And Will Smith, again, over his last nine appearances, is perfect in save opportunities. And he's going to give up a hit. It's going to happen. But he's going to get out of it. It's just the, it's just the energy that you don't want, right? I, I mean, no, you, the, you love it because he, he just thrives in the pressure environment. Like
2: Yankees fans, you know that you you have the higher energy when Mariano Rivera is coming in the game because it, you know he's going to be sending it to people well, I mean, and yeah. they're just like, not going to be able to hit anything. Braves it's fans be have great. been
1: spoiled with closers forever because yeah. you had Billy Wagner for a while, and after Billy Wagner, you had Craig Kimbrell coming in. He had like mm-hmm. the flames that would come up in the outfield right. and he would come running in and like. uh they like came up with this new thing on the broadcast where he like started touching ninety seven, ninety eight, 98. And the little flames would come up around yeah. uh, around the, the the miles per hour, right? And then after that, I mean, Mark Melanson last year was the best closer in baseball, right? And then he goes to the Padres this year and he continued that he was great, but and now Will Smith steps in, yeah, and it hasn't been like you said nine pitches, three strikeouts. Go sit down. It's kind of like oh god. Yeah. It's like a roller coaster. I think it's Yep. All right, we got it.
2: It's really like a roller coaster. And sometimes, sometimes you might go off the track there at the end. Uh, sometimes you might not. But I mean, uh, most of the time you have
1: made it safely back. Most of the time, you're the not going to go off times. the track,
2: right? The last nine times you you made it safely back, perfectly fine. But there's a lot of times this season where you're sliding back in uh, to where you get off that roller coaster, and it comes off the hinges, and you're like.
1: I don't no, know no, how no. We made it back. What no, we no. Did. It doesn't come off the hinges. It just starts, kind of starts tilting off the track a little bit. Tilting, Maybe. tilting, tilting. And it's like that thing where you feel like in your body you're about to fall. Right. But then it comes back. I don't know.
2: A lot, a lot of it's felt like it, you know, when, when you're dreaming and you start falling, you but wake I mean, up in not, the middle of the night. Give I mean, Snicker
1: credit, though, because he's stuck behind Will Smith, and Will yeah. Smith's been really good. Uh, over the past couple of months, so that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. He's he's been really good. <laughs> I, I'll give Snit credit. I, I, you've heard me say give Snit credit. I'm the biggest. Oh no no. have heard say that. Yeah, I've heard And it was that. cool to see Alex Anthopoulos like down in the dugout and just hugging Snit after that win. The whole stadium I thought was perfect because Alex Anthopoulos is down there and the entire stadium is just chanting Freddy Freddie, yep. Freddie. And I was like, pay him, pay yep. him, pay everybody, him. Everybody knows, Everybody knows. Which, man, office needs everybody knows, which yeah. I think it's funny because this has been a storyline this season when Freddie Freeman came out before the year and said, I'm not focused on that. I want to focus on the season. Mm-hmm. But it's like we have made it a storyline that, oh, God, there's a beef. There's a beef. Yeah. And Freddie's going to leave us, and he's going to be wearing a Yankees jersey, and it's going to be terrible. Uh, they're going to get this figured out. And then Danzy Swanson's going into arbitration after this year. They'll get that figured out. I mean, this is a really good team, like a historically good infield when it comes to hitting I think an awesome infield when it comes to defense and we saw that in this series Ozzie Albies might be your worst defender and he's really good yeah
3: so I'm
2: saying
1: something
3: I'll ask this question if the Giants win uh Braves have a shot oh I,
1: I think yeah. the Braves have, I a think against have a shot, either, shot I think they have a shot against, against either one of them I'll go do I feel I'll less do I feel less, against, do I feel less comfortable against do I feel less comfortable yeah sure but I think the Braves have a chance against either one of them I mean last year you had Ronald Cunha right and i'd say a little bit better bullpen last year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you were still just a couple pitches away you were from beating the dodgers
3: yeah you are. it'd be it will be really cool but i'm not going to get ahead of myself just yet i don't know i'm not I'm i really
2: not. do like this like this braves team though you, you start talking about what they had last year of course and like you said probably a stronger overall bullpen and you know bullpens maybe a little bit more volatile and and you don't have that star power. Of Acuna in in the lineup, yeah. but and Jorge Soler's out now. Yeah, I, I just think it's such a, I think it's a well rounded team kind of overall and the starting pitching as well yeah. over the past few games. Well, you, you've seen these guys really, really because awesome.
1: people forget last year was Eaton one of those guys, and so you sent Charlie Morton out there. Which this is what we were talking about, with Charlie Morton. I know we got to get to J Cruz. This is what we were talking about, with Charlie Morton. Everybody's freaking out about him through the first half of the season because they were like, oh, he looks kind of eh. You just like that—that's your ace. That's your ace. You didn't get Charlie Morton. For June. Yeah. You got no. Charlie Morton for now. You got Charlie yeah. Morton for October. And what does he come out and do? Two games in this series, you win, it wins an NLDS.
3: Hey, shout out to Atlanta Sports. Don't so shut over- your
1: mouth, Cam. They did. Hawks overachieved.
3: Braves overachieved. Now we're just waiting on one more team, man. Just one more. That's it. Did he just run? I mean, what? on one more team. The
2: Braves overachieved, but they're not done yet, man. They're well, not, no, go. they're
3: not done yet. But Keep it going. I'm glad, like, I'm just... Where were we? It's it's October. Where were we? Like in May, in April. May we was depressed. rough. I mean, yeah, May, <laughs> May we were just we were
1: depressed trying to get over five hundred. So man. Cam, you know, shout out to all the Cam, teams, man. I need you to lock in. <laughs> we're not the, the Braves aren't even back to where they were last year yet.
3: Uh but they, I mean, they're missing their best player, so they've Cam, they've had
1: a they've had a good year. I need you to lock in. <laughs> oh, I need Lord. you to lock in. <laughs> We talk about windows all the time. You don't know what you just did. The Braves are in a window. you got to <laughs> yeah, take advantage
3: ain't. of it. Yeah, they are in the window. you got
1: to take advantage of it. I give you, you that. You ain't one. even close to done. You got rid of the, the know-nothing Brewers. The yeah. who? Throw them out. They're just there in the playoffs because somebody had to be in the playoffs, right? Get, you get rid of them. I'll we'll talk get about a team of that of was them. winning for June. They yeah. were winning for June. Yeah. Good for nah. them. <laughs> yeah, no, a, you, you ain't worried about these games. you, you worry about these about the next four wins you the need. Big dogs Camp, coming up. Cam, you are eight wins away from a World Series. That's true. You are eight wins away. That's true. I need you to lock in. I'm, hey, I'm locked we in. We ain't giving away participation trophies on this show. Oh, nah, nah, no. No, you're I'm, giving away I, pats on the back.
3: Nah, I ain't, I'm pat, just saying, on the you back. know, I'm, I'm no glad back Atlanta on the show. is competing. No back patting. It's been a long time since Atlanta sports have been competitive Cam, outside you, the Braves. Cam, there
1: are so many division championship banners up in Truist Park. <sighs> division how, how many World Series? Just one. How many? Just have one. they won one since you've been alive? No. Okay,
3: then. So Let's lock yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I'm still happy
1: though. You it, can be, it's got yeah, the city be happy, but don't be patting backs. We went three, three. Du- Wait or, a minute.
2: Yeah, three Ws. You weren't good. alive for the World Series. No,
1: no. Man, I'm old. Yeah, we both are. We got more to come though. Jake Roos uh, from Dogs HQ on on three coming up next. Going to break down this Georgia quarterback situation with us and radio is presented to you by the uniform source glad to have y'all hanging out with us here on this Wednesday afternoon so much more to dive into on the show but a massive matchup coming up in Athens this weekend as Georgia takes on undefeated Kentucky and actually the first time two SEC East teams have met uh, undefeated this late in the season at 6 and 0 and 6 and 0 so just the stakes couldn't be higher coming up for this game and to break all that down from On3.com, Dogs HQ, Jake Roos joining us now. Jake, thanks for taking the time, man.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
1: For sure, and I I guess we got to start with this. Uh, Stetson Bennett has been about as steady as they come throughout college football. We saw really this past weekend was the weekend of the backup quarterbacks, whether that was good or bad uh, for your team. Before we dive into what I, I guess some people in the media are creating as a quarterback controversy, how fortunate is Georgia to have a guy like Stetson Minute that they could turn to while J.T. Daniels has been dealing with his lat injury.
0: Oh, I think it's been huge. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that people probably come out of that game, uh, you know, with with uh, Auburn, you know, feeling a little bit better about the quarterback situation. I thought Stetson played really well. I uh, thought he took a step forward, and um, you know, it's a situation where I, I think uh, you know that old adage you always here. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Uh, I, I really don't feel that's the case right now with Georgia. I think they're in a really good spot. They feel comfortable with both of their options. And uh, it looks like, uh, you know, they may they may have to turn to Stetson again this weekend. So um, definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. But like I said, I, I think Georgia in a good spot with the quarterback spot.
1: Well, I mean, your Twitter handle is Roosh Recruiting. So I got to ask, how many times has Georgia had to recruit Stetson Bennett?
0: Uh, Definitely a few. I mean, uh, there was uh, as a walk-on out of high school. Then there was, uh, you know, bringing him back from Juco. Uh, Then there was, you know, kind of convincing him to hang around uh, when it looked like some other guys were kind of going to take a step forward uh, over him. Um, You know, it's it's been kind of a constant thing, but credit to Stetson, man. Uh, you know he he's where he wants to be uh, and uh, I think it's uh, he's living a dream for himself and um, you know I I think that that's really cool I think that's something everybody can appreciate but uh, you know he's been great for Georgia done everything's been asked of him and uh, no complaints along the way so you can't really say enough about the guy he's been aces for him
1: let me ask you this because I think this is really the common narrative right now Georgia can beat 125 out of 130 FBS teams with Stetson Bennett, but uh, you, you can only beat the other five with JT Daniels. Do you agree with that?
0: I, I don't know that I do. I mean, you know, you look back to last year. I mean, he, Stetson Bennett had him leading Alabama. I mean, it, it's a situation where you know they were up. Obviously, uh, it didn't come to fruition as they wanted, but you know, Stetson Bennett was able to get in there and play a really solid half a ball. So, I. I I think that it, I think that they feel comfortable with both guys. Both guys do a little something different. And I think it would probably be more about how the game played out as to who you would want in there. Uh, you know, if you need a guy who can get out and scramble around and pick up some uh, first down, that's yeah, probably going to be Stetson Bennett, you know, but uh, if you want somebody who's efficient on third down and, uh, you know, kind of has uh, won the job from the get go this year, that's, that's JT Daniels. So, like I said, each presents their own skill set. I think both are valuable, and I think Georgia can work with both.
1: So, if both players are healthy this weekend, who would be getting the start?
0: I think it would be JT personally. I think that this is still his team. I think that, um, like I said, to me, what matters for him is that third down efficiency. I think that that's what's really key. He's a guy who you can get into some of those tough spots with, and he's able to come through and kind of uh, you know put. Put a stamp and 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 uh, you know force his will and and make you uh, let you pick up that first down. He showed that efficiency coming back from injury the first time this season. I think that that is really kind of what gives him an edge. But you know, like I said, I think Stetson has a, a great skill set as well, and I, I think it can easily be utilized. Also, I think the story of the
1: past couple of games outside of Stetson has been the the running attack. Obviously, against Arkansas, just straight downhill the entire game. Really didn't need Stetson to do much. Uh, but last week at Auburn running for 200 yards in Jordan Hare. I-, I mean, Zamir White coming back. I think a lot of people, uh, again, it's funny how the narrative's changed. A lot of people are like, man, why did he come back? He might be the third or fourth most talented running back on this team. He might not see any reps. And now all of a sudden he's getting 18 carries a game uh, and he's giving you 70 to 80 yards.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, you know Georgia, that's the bread and butter, right? I mean, that's what everybody knows the Bulldogs for, and, and, and that's what they do. And, you know, there were some, I think, early concerns from fans. I, I never necessarily felt that way. You know, to me, you know, up until last week, Georgia had improved its rushing total every single week this season. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously Auburn, uh, a pretty good defensive front, you know, sold out to stop that run and wanted to make steps and beat them through the air. Uh can't blame them for doing that, but, You know, this is a situation where, you know, Georgia's got a real kind of pick your poison situation when it comes to their offense. You can try to stop the run, but you're going to do so at the expense of uh, dealing with the pass. If you go for that pass, uh, they're going to be very capable of of kind of shoving it down your throat. Going to be interesting to see uh, which direction Kentucky ends up taking with it this weekend.
1: Well, you mentioned it. Kentucky coming to town undefeated. Mark Stoops uh, in his ninth season up there with the Wildcats and kind of the. Just the epitome of the argument that you got to give a coach time to install his system, and he's done an unbelievable job. This is now, what, the second time in four years where Georgia will be playing Kentucky uh, for first place in the SEC East fairly late into the season. Uh, What are you expecting to see from the Wildcats on Saturday?
0: Well, you know, I think that, uh, really, if you're Kentucky, you've got to try to attack that Georgia secondary. I, they've just been such stalwarts up front when it comes to defending the run that, uh, you want to see them, I think, challenge downfield. Wandell Robinson and Will Levis have shown their ability to do that. Liam Cohen, uh, has, uh, you know, drawn up a, a great defense or a great offensive plan for these guys, and they've really taken to it. Um, you know, I think defensively, you know, Kentucky's got to come in and and try to cover up some of what they've got they lack at corner. They're, they're pretty solid up front and uh, have some experience on the back end. It's those cornerbacks that they're probably a concern for the Wildcats. I expect Georgia to try to exploit that this week. Look for Kentucky to try to hide those guys a little bit.
1: Jake Roos from Dogs HQ joining us here on 2nd Down. And Jake, uh, with this offense for Georgia, I know they're in that 11 personnel allow where you have three wide receivers on the field, but that might be their most banged-up position right now and it's given a chance for guys like Lad McConkey, uh, to come out there and show out a little bit. Can you update us kind of on the health and the depth right now uh, with that wide receiver core?
0: Yeah, you know, kind of up in the air, I think, week to week at this point with these guys. I mean, you know, Jermaine Burton, kind of a late scratch last week. Kyrus Jackson's been banged up all year. Dominic Blaylock still hasn't made his way back. So, you know, those guys I, I consider kind of week to week. Uh, I thought it was interesting to see George Pickens make the – uh make the travel to Auburn as well, but you know these guys are are it's not only hurting them in game performance, but they're not getting the practice reps they need in order to be ready for the games uh so it, it's it's a big change it's a big difference. I think that George is uh lucky that like they like you said, they do have some depth there. Lad McConkey stepped forward. I think it's a good sign that Darnell Washington is working his way back into the rotation at that tight end spot uh Brock Bower's certainly going to continue to be a threat in the receiving game for the rest of the year. Um, you know, they need some of these guys, though, to come back healthy and ready, and I, I think that uh, they're probably close to this. I don't know if it'll be this week, but uh, having that bye week right before Florida should really be an aid to some of those guys.
1: Where are they at with Dominic Blaylock? Because, I mean, we're coming up or past uh, a year and a half since he got hurt, because he got hurt in the 2019 SEC Championship against LSU, right?
0: Uh, yeah, but he, he, he re-tore he re, uh, it, tore it again. Um, So it's a situation with him where, you know, he's about, uh, you know, I think he was roughly, uh, you know, about a year out now. Uh, We're probably a little further than a year out. Um, but you know, I think that, uh, when you have back to back ACL tears like that, it, it's a real, it's as much a confidence thing as it is a training thing. I think that you want the guy to feel comfortable in his knee. Uh, you want him to feel comfortable in his body. And, um, you know, I think that as soon as he can get back out there, he will. Uh, I think it's just a, a matter of, you know, continuing this rehab and getting the, uh, making sure all parties feel good about where he is by the time he hits the field again.
1: All right. Defensive side of the ball for Georgia obviously has been one of the biggest stories uh, in college football. And I think it's kind of funny because for all the talk about Georgia is going to move forward and we're going to see a new form of Georgia and uh, Kirby smarts ready to open everything up. Really, I guess kind of injuries have dictated it, but also just how good that defense has been. We really haven't seen Georgia change too much. It's still we're going to run the football. We're going to hit play action. Then we're just going to play nasty defense.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of been the killer for everybody. And I think it's what's allowed Georgia to hit some of these really high spreads that uh, Vegas has been putting out. Is just the fact that teams just can't score on them. Uh, You know, they're not picking up a lot of yards. Like you said, Um, they're trying to, Get out there and play this. Uh, you know, try to try anything you can to, to uh, penetrate these guys, and there's just nothing you can do. I mean, it's a situation where uh, you know, like I said, they're going to take they're going to take one facet of you away, and then they're going to challenge you with the other guys. And luckily, they've got playmakers at each spot. Uh, guys have stepped up in that secondary. You know, I think everybody came into this the season kind of wondering. You know what the secondary would look like, how they would perform. Uh, Did they have the depth back there? You've had some guys who've taken steps forward there. I think that's been crucial for Georgia and their success in this defensive unit. But uh, certainly to this point in the season, uh, at a historic run, and if they can continue, it's going to go down as one of the all-time greats.
1: I know there's two different sectors of the Georgia fan base, right? You have the overly excited, we're number one in the country, this is awesome, I'm going to wear red to work every day. And then you have the, I'm not even going to say cautiously optimistic, I'm going to say more like cautiously trying not to be pessimistic half, which is usually where I fall where it's like, we're not going to wear red. I don't want anybody to know I'm excited, but I'm going to kind of internalize it. So I know there's two different ways of watching the games on Saturday, but as you you consume them, what do you think right now could be? I know Bill Connolly calls it the, the fatal flaw, but like, what's the one thing that concerns you right now about this team?
0: You know, I, I think it's probably I think it's probably the, the depth right now at at that quarterback position. I mean, if Stetson Bennett goes down, where do you turn? What happens? I, I mean, you know, certainly you don't wanna find yourself in that situation. Um, you know, you just because those guys behind him are inexperienced and you know, look, that's probably the case with most people, but I think it's gotta be a larger concern for Georgia. J T might be able to get out there and gut it out, but I think that that's really what you got to hinge your concerns around that, and and some of the depth in the secondary. Like I said, some guys have stepped up and, and have made some plays as well. But uh, you know, I think that uh, when you see guys like Chris Smith get banged up or Lewis seen, uh, you start to say, "Man, you know, it's it's a little thin back there." Uh, you know, they don't have pieces necessarily that uh, do have a lot of experience or or have a lot of experience in their system. Uh, so overall, I, I think it's a situation for them where. Um, you know, they can uh, – you, you know, there, there's there's a, there's a couple of things. I, I, I wouldn't consider any of them fatal flaws. I think that, uh, you know, they're just issues everybody has to some degree. Um, you know, Georgia managing them a little bit better than most, I think.
1: There you go, Jake Roos from Roos, uh, Roos Recruiting on Twitter. Uh, you can find him online, Dogs HQ, on the On3 network there. Jake, before we let you go, who do the Braves want to see in the NLCS, Giants or Dodgers?
0: Ooh, uh – that's a tough one I'm, I'm gonna go with the giants i think uh you know i think that uh you, you could go either way certainly but um I, I feel like i feel like the dodgers are just uh they've been so lethal in the playoffs over the years so i i i'm, go, I'm gonna glean with the giants there
1: expert college football takes and expert baseball takes right there only get that here on second down jake thanks for taking the time today man
0: hey thank you guys appreciate it
1: and we got more to come here on second down. We'll be right back. Video is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian GoKel, alongside Cam Erschurie and PJ Zuko, had a wild weekend of college football. And Cam, Oklahoma, Texas was amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favorite. Ole, game M- of the week. Ole Miss, Arkansas was amazing. Right. Alabama, Texas A and M was one for the ages. Any way we can live up to that this weekend? I mean, you hope it's not the game in Athens. Yeah, that's no. just another uh, cover the spread. I mean, it's a top eleven matchup. It's one versus eleven. It's like a twenty point spread.
2: Do you? I think we've had enough, you know, snooze fests with with Georgia. I'd I'd like a fun game with that team. You know, I'd love I love I'd love to see a back and forth game between Georgia and no, I'm Kentucky. Good. You know, I'm good. Go down to the wire. No. You know?
1: I'm good with just uh, complete and utter (laughs) domination. But it is a really awesome slate uh, coming up again this week. You have the Georgia-Kentucky game. But, I mean, UCF and Cincinnati, everyone's kind of falling off on UCF. They've lost a couple of games. A couple of them close, but that's typically a great game. Uh, You have that one coming up, Oklahoma State-Texas. Oklahoma State's undefeated. Yeah. It might be the most quiet, undefeated team in the country. I think maybe San Diego State's still undefeated. Right. But I mean, outside I of that, so, I mean, yeah. it's up there. How about Auburn, Arkansas? Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Give me the Razorbacks. They're at home, right? Oh, well, we're not picking yet. Okay. That's for Friday camp. Calm down. I got we're a just, little excited. Just... We're just talking about the slate, and then you talk about a game where Coley was trash talking me. In the there, comments. Might 120, okay. there might be a hundred and twenty. There might be a hundred and twenty points scored in this game. Is Ole Miss Tennessee?
2: <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I, I I was talking. I was looking over some things, and. Uh, you know, watching some TV with, with somebody the other day and uh, talking about the over unders for, for games and whatnot. And then uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss came across and it's like 85 or something right now. Yeah. It's it's something insane. Like, I I can't wait. I'm so excited for that. Game. How
1: bad do you feel for Mississippi State? Do you yeah, know what situation I mean, Mississippi State is in right yeah, now? Yeah, they
2: get to play a mad Alabama. It depends on who you talk to, right? A mad, like, we, we were talking yesterday after we saw. Uh, Nick Saban's after-the-game press
1: conference. Yeah, he was, like, smiling.
2: Everyone that's on the team is mad at, at is mad if if on Alabama's football team right now, except for Nick Saban. Like, I feel like he's, like you said. No, he kinda, was literally smiling happy. Yeah. during
1: the halftime interview. He was like, this is great. Yeah, He's like, my team's been so dominant for, like, 19 games in a row. Haven't really played a close game at all. Like, I think prior to beat. that, the yeah. last team that had a lead on them at halftime was Georgia.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and the game last yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, And so it's right. like
1: it's just been utter domination. And so this year, Alabama had been good. I mean, really good. Like relevant to Alabama, they've been elite compared to everybody else. But they've been really good. But they hadn't had that edge to them. It's
3: probably happy. Right, he gets to yell at his players now. Well, just he'll do that. More. He'll do
1: that regardless. <laughs> but now he has something to back it up. Yep. Yeah. Right, where it's just like you keep winning, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, I just I show up, I put on this this helmet, and we go out there and we smack people around and we get a win." Now you, you get that L, and everyone all of a sudden is like, "Oh." Wake up a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. coach, coach was right. And I think the horrifying thing is for the rest of college football is that fact is that now it's a mad Alabama. Now, do I still think they have some flaws? Yeah. For I, sure. I think Bryce yeah. Young came out really hot against Miami, but I think we overestimated Miami. And so, do I think Bryce Young is still a really good quarterback, probably a top five quarterback in college football? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think he's Tua well or Mac Jones? Not right now. Agreed. He's still super young. Yeah, but not right now. In this defense, I was reading a story on ESPN.com, and they're talking to scouts, and they said there might be one, there or there is one first-round pick on this defense. Right, and it's Will Anderson. Which outside is, of yeah. that, yeah, what other guy is a is a top thirty-two pick?
2: It's hard to see, and what right. you, you're you used to Alabama teams that you know that there are a few Alabama teams that literally at every person every position on the field defensively is a first round pick and then, well, you, there have, so then you have so many where it's like it's like you have like reuben foster and
1: you have reuben foster and mika fitzpatrick and uh Sean robinson and jaron reed and all these dudes that are playing together on defense you don't have that right now yeah you have really good players they have a bunch of sunday players right but they don't have the eight first round picks right now yeah that offense is still horrifying because oh, williams is awesome and mechie's awesome and mm-hmm. uh brian robinson's been really good I mean, he's been honestly the best player on their offense this season. Yeah. But that defense, I think, is a little bit sketchy. So I don't think this Alabama team, and it, it, it shouldn't be surprising, right. after last year right. and let like players you lost, they're not as dominant. But they're now they're mad.
3: Yep. We thought that defense was going to be like top tier this year. Yeah. Well, that's because they really had did. so many players yeah. back.
2: That's what you expect, though, right? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of players back, and it's Alabama, so. You're automatically going to be like, all right, they're going to be a top five, top three defense, if not the best in the nation. It's Alabama.
1: They got gashed.
2: But yeah, they Texas did, A&M. they did, and it they didn't bad. just get gashed. They got gashed against Texas A and M, who was struggled bad. to they, score
1: points against yeah. Colorado. They
2: won game. They won that game ten to seven, and they they lost to Arkansas twenty to ten, or whatever it what, was yeah. like, And mean, they put up
1: forty one on Alabama.
2: Yeah, that's that's yeah. if you're an Alabama. Hmm. A defensive coordinator, or, but, or, or what's fascinating that's is scary. if you just
1: looked at that game before the season. I gave you no other relevant stats about the season. You're like, that makes sense. You look at all the right. players that Texas yeah. A&M has on offense. They have as many weapons as anybody. Mm-hmm. You got Widermeyer playing tight end. Uh, you have Spiller. You have a Smith. You have uh, a chain playing like they have Sunday dudes all over that offense, and it just it hadn't worked all season.
2: Was has been so dumbfounding about them, right? right? And just, I yeah. really
1: think it was a lot of it had to do with the teams that they played. Like that Barry Odom defense, that umbrella defense that like ate up Ole Miss last year, they had no answer for it. Yeah. And it's just like, if you're going to run, you'll pick up four yards, fine. We'll stop you, and then you'll try to throw, we'll stop you there, and you'll punt the ball to us. Alabama was playing man up on the outside, and they just they don't have the DBs that can run with the dudes that Texas A&M was throwing at them. And yeah. you had just like huge blown coverages where you have Weidemeyer, who's the honestly the best prospect on that offense it's just no one is in 20 yards of him right running free so i yeah. mean this alabama team has flaws but i think the, the horrifying thing is you would have rather they won that game if you're the rest of college football because yeah. now they're mad yep and i, I, I think nick Saban's put on those uh those butt kicking loafers as we call them
3: as a georgia fan i was actually uh
1: i was rooting for alabama I really was. I mean, I get, I get that perspective. I really get that perspective, but I do think if you're looking at this from a Georgia fan perspective, you have to think now, I, I don't have to beat Alabama twice, because theoretically that's what you would have <sighs> had to do. Yeah. Is if uh, yeah. you both came into the SEC championship undefeated mm-hmm. and you wanted to win that SEC championship, yeah, you beat them there, but they'd probably still go to the playoffs. Now the what only thing Saturday did was it took away any margin for error for Alabama. Yeah, yeah, basically. Because. Yeah. If you lose one more, you're done. And like Georgia, but they you, still control their destiny. Georgia, you got to be
3: perfect too, though, because like you don't want to go in with one loss in the SEC championship and hinge, you know, your college football. Well, play that's literally what Alabama just, Alabama just Alabama that's yeah. what Alabama just that's yeah. did. That's what Alabama just did. what Alabama did, and Alabama want to do that. I will though. say this: Georgia's yeah.
1: schedule is a lot lighter than what Alabama has coming. Oh, oh sure. yeah, for sure. Because oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Mississippi State's a good team, yeah. right? Auburn they didn't look great last week but we've seen in the series Auburn look like trash and still it's the iron bowl it doesn't matter yeah right true. and Bo Nix has already beaten Alabama once mm-hmm. right in a year that they Auburn have Arkansas, kind of looked man. like that both, so, both, yeah. yeah you saw Arkansas both teams still have Tennessee on their schedules and Tennessee's offense all of a sudden looks like maybe it's the best in the SEC it's
2: out of nowhere Josh yeah. Heupel baby yep Hendon yep. Hooker
1: looking real good, so I mean it's it's going to be interesting, but uh, I think again all I think that last Saturday did was just take away any margin for error for Alabama, but I don't think this is one of those scenarios where you have this this just battering ram Alabama team that just got upset by something weird. They straight up got beat by Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're not as good as some of these other championship teams, but they are still plenty good enough to win the national championship. We've got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. I mean, guys, I don't know what to do with myself. There's no no sports on the radio tonight. Braves don't play again until Saturday. We don't know what time that is because it could potentially be in Atlanta or it could be in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. You don't have any Dodgers-Giants until tomorrow night. Right. Is there, right. There's got to be a weird college football game on tonight, right? Drive home in silence. Oh Cam, man, See, no! For the love of God, and, no! And, and, and you know, have good thoughts with yourself. Cam. I gotta, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send you some podcasts. No, that you need to listen no. to. Please, some edu- no. for educational purpose. There's not even college football tonight. Drive home in
2: silence, maybe, but then it, then at least sit in your living room and like listen to Cam, ESPN When's the NBA radio, back? I
1: mean. when, when's when's
3: yeah, Cam? Was, when's the first night of the NBA? Oh uh, yeah, October 19th, next Tuesday,
1: baby. All right, yeah. Uh, so. So starting on October 19th, we're pretty much going to have sports every day.
2: Our lake show is going to be fun to watch, man.
1: On the radio. Woo! Exciting. Absolutely. Let's get after it. Three and outs coming up next. Big show. Coming up, they'll catch up with Kevin Whitley, interim head coach at Georgia Southern. Also going to catch up with Georgia Tech head coach Jeff Collins, uh, breaking down their season. They had a rough start, but they've got back to 500 now going into a bye week. All that coming up next with the guys BJ and Ben on 3 and out right here on ESPN Radio.